I've had two uh, national championships where I went with uh, coordinators that actually were employed by another place. Dan Mullen left me to go to Mississippi State and came back and we beat Oklahoma for the title. And Tom Herman went to Houston and handled it. One thing I, I just always ask, be so professional about it. And those two examples, you couldn't be more professional. Tyler Bowen, chance to be a coordinator. He's going to consider it. And he asked me, and I said, he asked me, first of all, what's his thoughts on his ability to do it? And I, I think he's a really good football coach. That's Urban Meyer on some of the reports about his coaches getting some college gigs. And I don't know, does that say a lot about what's going on in Jacksonville, or is that just opportunity? I think you can interpret it a couple of different ways, and, and it happens annually. I think right now everybody's interpreting like, hey, everyone, let's get out of here. <laughs> well, no, but, I mean, this was bound to happen, Brent. It's the Urban Meyer coaching tree. <laughs> yes. Bound to happen. Uh, it is a serious discussion, though, of really not what this staff is right now, but what it might look like next year. Mm -hmm. And I think this has been problematic over the years in Jacksonville, where you make mistakes or you get off to bad starts, you lose people, have to make changes, one or the other, and then what do you have to pick from? Like, okay, so they're going to lose their tight end coach and their defensive line coach. By the way, two coaches that I think have done a pretty decent job with the rooms they have. Would you agree? Agreed. Uh, I don't know what else they were going to lose. Let's just say this. I think the defensive coaching staff has done an adequate job. I actually think they've done a better job than I thought they would do, if I'm being honest. I didn't know how – I love Joe Cullen. I just didn't know exactly how he would be in this role. He was a first-time defensive coordinator in the NFL. Yeah. And, I, and they got yeah. off to a really bad start. They didn't have a ton of talent coming back in terms of their defense. It didn't look like, wow, what, what, what this defense can do. In fact, the first five or six weeks, this defense wasn't good, and I kind of expected them not to be good. Yeah, I think, you know, the – the bad was pretty, you know, it, it's bad, you know, in terms of bad, but then the good was a lot better than I anticipated this defense to be when we've seen the good of them. You know, I mean, they essentially won a game against the Buffalo Bills single-handedly. So, yeah, they did. Um, so, yeah, I, I did not anticipate that. So, yeah, I think I like where the defense is at, yes. Uh, so then offensively, I think I, I'm a big believer in continuity with the young quarterback. But if things continue on this trend, where the James Robinson carries, where Trevor Lawrence is not growing, he's just there, uh, where their offense is scoring a touchdown a game on average for over a six-week span, and if that continues over the last five weeks, we got problems because we're talking about an historically bad offense for the Jags, like, like worst of all time. Mm. Then I'm telling you at this point, like, let's say the season ended right now, I think I would advocate for them to just start over on offense. Like, I think I'd, I'd just... I clear the clear the deck. Yeah. And and now again, the tight end coach already going to be gone. Um, Warhop was a little bit of a head scratcher that even came back. The Sanjay Law thing is not working. You can make the case that he's uh, been the most disappointing of the at least his room has yeah. been the most disappointing. Uh, Bernie Parmalee, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, after these last couple of weeks, but that has. I mean, the running backs have played okay. But sometimes they don't play. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and, and now the fumbles are actually becoming a little bit of an issue, too, um, if we're being real about that. Uh, you know, I don't I, I would think about keeping a guy like Schottenheimer because mm -hmm. I don't I don't know their relationship. And maybe that's the holdover. But I don't know how you could even keep Bevel at this point. And listen, I've defended Bevel at times this year, not over the last month, but at times. Um, and I think maybe I would just say, hey. Go get yourself a new offensive staff. I mean, 
Like, would you be opposed to that, or would you want to keep some of it around for continuity? No, I mean, obviously you want continuity when you're developing a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, but at the same time, you know, what is that continuity going to provide you, right? Now, we'll see how these last games go, but what we've seen so far, it's been historically bad. So if that's the case and that's their identity right now, then it's hard to justify keeping everybody and saying, well, you know, when we get better personnel next year, it's going to look different. I mean, you don't have the worst personnel in the NFL right now. You, you clearly yeah. don't, and, but you're playing like it. So that comes down to scheme. That comes down to coaching. Um, and I just think, you know, changes have to be made. Now, I don't know if you're Urban Meyer. I mean, if you tear the whole thing down, you bring something back in. You have to make sure you get this one right, though. You know, because the last thing I want to see happen to Trevor Lawrence is, 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 you know, sometimes rookie quarterbacks go through it, and then, you know, they're in their third year, then they're on their third offensive coordinator. You don't want that. Trevor Lawrence doesn't deserve that. If that's the case, then I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a long-term quarterback here because, well, why would you want to play for a different offensive coordinator every single year? So you get the sense that if you do tear this whole thing down and you start from the ground up again, man, I can't stress this enough. And we, I feel like we talk about this all the time. But you got to get this choice right. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. And so what I say is, listen, this staff it doesn't seem like it's doing a great job. And Urban Meyer, by the way, has to take the bulk of that. Uh, he he kind of said, I'm going to go get the best of, of everything. And did they get the best staff? I, I would think it's, I'd say clear as day he didn't get the best staff. But, listen, you can't poach everybody's best everything. Like, that's just not going to happen. It's hard to put a staff together, especially a guy who wasn't involved in the game for a few years. So it wasn't easy to put a staff together. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not a, just an abysmal staff because their defensive guys have done a pretty good job. Uh, they missed out, I think, on, on a – I don't know if Keenan McCardell even wanted to be here. Maybe they asked him, and he, didn't, and, and he just didn't want to be here. But I, I think we all said, that guy's a pretty good coach. And well, so the fact that they didn't have – and that guy goes to Minnesota with one of the best receiving units in the league – I mean, spoke volumes. Again, that might have been his own doing. We don't know the behind-the-scenes story there. Uh, but uh, I said last night, I, I tweeted this out, and this is nothing personal, but Warhop stays, and I had heard some not-so-great things coming off last year about Warhop. And by the way, the offensive line, which I have always kind of gone to bat for, is better than people think, had also Doug Marone as a head coach, too, and they still weren't unbelievable. So keeping Warhop around and not keeping a guy – like McCardell, I think spoke volumes about like where this staff was headed and showed you that some of the wrong decisions probably were made. Well, now let me ask you this, Brent. I am definitely need your help on this, this exercise right here. When we talk about this coaching staff and how it was constructed, and we talk about the success of the offense versus the defense, and we both agree, you know, the, the defense is, is light years ahead right now of where the offense is. Well, Urban Meyer knew Joe Cullen. Urban Meyer obviously knows Charlie Strong. I'm not sure in terms of the assistant coaches, you know, like a Tosh Lapoy. I mean, did he know Tosh before he got here? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, I, you know, it's hard to. I think he did. I think he had a little bit of a relationship there with him. I don't. Okay. I think he did. Okay. Think he did. Obviously, like you know, Zachary Orr, outside linebackers coach, can be tied to Joe Cullen because you know I, yeah. they were together. So like, but to me, this all seems like. The guys on defense, Urban Meyer has a better feel for. Like, I feel like these guys were handpicked by Urban Meyer because he knows these guys. Yeah, that, that's a very good call. I, I don't think Urban Meyer knew Daryl Bevel. 
I think he kind of no. took a shot in the dark there, but I'm not sure if Urban Meyer really knew Brian Schottenheimer. Now, maybe I'm wrong with that one. Uh, Schottenheimer probably had some, like, um, just because of the name and in the game for so long, probably a little experience. But Bevel, I think you're you're dead on about. And, what and about if I remember about Sanjay Bevel, like, he, okay. Sorry, go ahead. he blew him away in the interview process. Sure. Then you know, that's ab- what he even said. So. What, what about Sanjay Law? Uh, forget the tie-in there, but I don't think so. I okay. don't think much. So, no. here, I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make here is, you know, he wanted to construct this coaching staff with some guys that he trusted, obviously, and he knew to kind of, you know, pick their brains of, of how to run an NFL team. And obviously, some maybe some new blood that he's not so, you know, keen on knowing, because let's be honest, you can't just hire all your friends to be part of your coaching staff. But I find it ironic that everybody that he kind of knows that he's familiar with on defense, it seems like, you know, they're having some success. Um, There's an identity there. The guys that he maybe took a shot in the dark with on offense, well, there is no success. That is an issue. And I wonder how that's sitting right now with Urban Meyer. And I wonder if he's going to change that approach coming forward if they do tear the whole thing down and then rebuild again. Yeah, that's a good call, man. I mean, the bottom line is he has to take ownership of this offense. And I don't if, if that's keeping people or not or going to get people, it, this, this is going to be a big offseason, a big January for him to find the right people, to replace who he's already going to lose, to fire a couple of people probably on that offensive staff especially, and then um, bring in whoever he needs to bring in. But changes are... Changes are going to be made. He, he's he's going to force his hand a little bit with the tight ends coach uh, and the defensive line coach. But, again, those are two guys that he might not have changed. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, so I think it's important to note that. And so here's where I think you, this is really dangerous. And if, you got, if you've listened to me over the years, you, you know, I, I always go back to the Gus Bradley era on this. And I think Gus is – Gus made a couple of huge mistakes, and whether he was going to be a good coach and whatever is going to work out or not. But he made a couple of huge mistakes early on. One was he's a defensive guy, and he didn't build the defense fast enough. Like, he just said, okay, well, well, really it was Caldwell and Gus, and they said, we'll build the defense after. Let's go target the offense. Well, if you're a defensive guy, you might want your defense playing as good as it can and then let the offense come around. That's a little bit of the problem right now with Urban Meyer, right? Where's the mm-hmm. offense? Mm-hmm. And so if, you're, if, you're that, if that's what you're labeled, at least make sure that part is good. Um, and I think Gus waited too long. Eventually it got very good, right? you know, yeah. after he left. <laughs> but but it, that was after he left. And so, but I really think the biggest mistake for Gus Bradley, and I've said this and I've been very consistent with this for years, was Jed Fish. This isn't necessarily a knock on Jed Fish, but he wasn't good for the Jacks. And it didn't work. It didn't fit. And it didn't fit with their rookie quarterback once he came in in 2014 and Blake Bortles. Like, they didn't love each other. Like, they didn't have this great relationship. I don't want to be more dramatic than that, but you get the idea. It didn't work. And that wasn't necessarily Blake's fault. So I got to put a little bit more on Jed. And so once they had to do that after a year and a half or two years, they, they let Jed go. Well, now everybody believes Gus is a lame duck guy going into year three, and they're going to fire him after year three. Well, then you don't get the best coaching candidate to be your OC. Well, who do they get? Greg Olson, who's been around the block like 15 times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And again, Greg Olson's a good guy, good dude. Um, and, and so it sounds bad, but it's just that's not the best guy out there to run your offense. That's a guy that's a little bit of a retread, and he can do it somewhat effectively, but you know he's not going to be great. He hasn't run many great offenses over the years that he's been in the league. 
And so that doesn't work. Well, then they hand off to Hackett, and this is where I think they got lucky. They got lucky at this point in like 17, I'm sorry, 16, that Hackett's taken over the offense, and then Doug Marone stays around and Hackett's around. And you can make the case, and I said this uh, uh, earlier today, that, that Hackett's maybe the best offensive coach they've had in, in a dozen years around here. Yeah. So, but it took three times to find the offensive guy that clicked with the quarterback. And by the way, don't lose sight of that. That Hackett and, and uh, Bortles' relationship was unbelievable. Like, really good. And he got the best out of Bortles. Like, it Shoot, worked. But what did having three coordinators do for Bortles' development overall as a quarterback? Well, not good, right? Yeah. So it took that's, – and that's my point. Yeah. Um, they finally landed and I think got a little lucky with Hackett and it working out. And he got this offense in a groove and they were top 10 and 17 and they got the best out of Bortles. But it took four years to make that happen essentially. Yeah. And they made a big-time mistake in their initial hire. Well, I just think overall Urban's going to run into a bigger problem. Let's say he fires Bevel. Well, who's coming here as an offensive coordinator? Who wants to right now work with what, from the outside looking in, at the very least, looks like a messy situation, even though it's just going into year two? This isn't really about job security because Urban's probably got a five-year deal, and he might not even get fired after year two if things don't go right. Yeah. So he's not necessarily a lame duck, although you never know with Urban, right? Mm -hmm. um, but on top of that, it's like, okay, who wants to work with the stories you're probably going to hear coming after this season and in the coaching circles. So what does that do? That limits your pool of good candidates. And so now the next guy you're getting is not the best guy that's available. It might be like the fifth best guy available. Well, that starts this domino effect of just not having the best coaching staff you can possibly have. And where did it start? It started in year one because, well, you either weren't good enough or you messed up in the hiring process. No, it's a great point. So I, that's what I would be afraid of uh, in Jacksonville. And that's what also I would think of maybe we can make it work with Bevel or Schottenheimer or somebody like that just to keep one continuity and look behind, as Urban Meyer likes to say, door number two. And door number two might not be that much better. Yeah, I mean, to me, it comes, yeah, Meyer is a big part of this thing, but also Trevor Lawrence. Don't sell Trevor Lawrence short. Like, the draw is going to be I get a chance to work with Trevor Lawrence and make him the best quarterback possible. So still having that intrigue there, I think, helps in terms of if you were to go in a new offensive coordinator direction, you still have that on the table. That's a good call. That's a, that's a really good point. And hopefully that is the case. And hopefully adding some firepower on offense. And a guy comes in here and interviews, be like, you know, if they do make a move, be like, hey, uh, all right, I'll be the OC. I got Trevor Lawrence. And yeah. we're going to no doubt go get a big flight wide receiver. And we're going to draft this guy. And we got James Robinson. And we'll have ETN. Okay, those are good pieces to work with. So that's a really good point. Will the sell of that. It's going to have to be. <laughs> overcome, well, overcome maybe the iffy nature of working with Urban Meyer at the NFL level. Yeah. But let's just be honest. Right now, Urban Meyer's not the sell. Yeah. In college, he was a sell. Hey, go work with Urban Meyer. He's probably going to get you a head coaching job someday. No, it's all about well, Trevor Lawrence now. Yeah, now it's really about Trevor who has to be that Pied Piper, uh, if you will, at least at the moment. We'll be back. We are live from Extreme Wing Sports Group here on ESPN 690. We do our picks coming up next. And if Michigan blows out Iowa, they're going to be my pick to win it all. I just need to see it from them one more time because Georgia's quarterback play is not good. That is Brandon Ponsel.
That Georgia game, man. Threw us all for a loop. Boy, did it. Brandon Potzel, we can't get a hold of him right now from jazzcoastalhomes.com. He's busy on a Friday's Christmas shopping, probably. I like it. Where's your Christmas shopping? Where's mine? Is it done? No, not Has even close. started? Yeah. Will it happen? Yeah, we're getting there. Will it happen? We're, we're, you know, we're slowly starting to chop away at it, Brent. How you doing? Casey? Oh, I'm done. Nice. You're done? Yeah. Nice. Just, what'd you get me? Well, it wouldn't be a secret if I told you, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, we have this big, uh, I, we forgot to tell you about that. I mean, it's a minimum uh, $250 spend on the team. We're doing this? We're getting each other Christmas gifts? Because I got to know now. I'm not going to be the guy that doesn't get anything, and all of a sudden I get something from somebody else. I feel like a, you know, a bad person. Well, I got you that Will Fuller card. So. Oh, that's all I needed, man. That's because true. you know why? It's the gift that keeps on giving, Casey. Exactly. Year round. Um, speaking of, we never did talk about that NFT yesterday. You thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, I would get it if it was an option. Okay. Why? It, so there was I just a thought it looked cool. Here. Yeah, I just thought yeah. it looked so cool. The, like I didn't really, I didn't fully understand it. I, I zoomed in and read it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't read it at all. I just thought it looked cool. And then also said, "Well, did you read it?" And well, I was like, it's "No." A, first of all, it's a Pokemon card. Right. So that's cool. Right. It, right. Okay. Yep. So that's cool. Uh huh. And that's where I stopped. What I didn't appreciate. Was I supposed to know that a Pokemon card? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, I, yeah, I, I that would feel like ninety-nine percent of people on Twitter no, like knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was in the 1%. Of course you were. Don't feel bad. I mean, for as much time as you spend on there, you got to start learning that kind of stuff, bro. Is that a good call? Yeah, there's some things I just don't understand. You're right. That's you got to get it. So, yeah, so that was a Pokemon card. But um, what I didn't... Okay, a couple issues with the, with the announcement. That's their jersey announcement. Like, I, I had no idea until like, I actually looked at the card. Like, that's how they're announcing their jerseys, like their, their, their color combinations this week. Didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. So it kind of defeats the purpose. So they were they they were definitely kidding about the NFT part Probably. because they said they should we make this into an NFT, yeah, which I thought they were. If like, they I didn't win, think it was they should. Because they don't win a lot. Mm. So I mean, it'd be like a, you know, and then they haven't won in Tennessee since how long? Eleven? Is that what we said? Well, and also uh, thirteen. The, the fact that you you said total lockdown with Tyson Campbell, I have a little issue with that. Just because let's <laughs> let's not anoint the guy total lockdown quite yet, please. Thought it was cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, if you want to choke slam Odell Beckham Jr., then yeah, by all means, total lockdown. But he didn't listen to me. No one's talking about Tyson Campbell still in the national media, and here we are. So, I, I like what you just said there. So they basically they have to win to turn that into an NFT card, right? Yeah. It'll be the first win since 2013, so it's almost yep. got some historical value. Mm -hmm. Wait, I think they have to win. He also has to do good, right? No, who cares? Well, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he'd have to do Casey, that. if Julio Jones has, like, three touchdowns... You know touchdowns anything about again, NFTs are, like, pictures of apes, dude. They mean yeah, nothing. I know, but, like, if I'm saying it for the value, if Julio <laughs> Jones goes out there and has three touchdowns on Tyson Campbell, you think I'm going to spend 10 bucks even on a Tyson Campbell NFT? But if they win the game, who cares? Well, I care. Okay. Well. I mean, because it's a Tyson, like, see, that's the point, though. Like, NFTs are pointless. They're apes and they're lions and whatever uh -huh. else they are. Well, this is a Tyson Campbell NFT. Like, it's not just a pointless one. Like, it's a player. But it's really the game announcement NFT. Well, it's the jersey. It's the color combination announcement, really. Then you know what? Don't buy it. Oh, hey, trust me. I'm not. I'll get it, and then you guys will be laughing. You guys will be laughing. <laughs> hey, you know what? I bet if the, if the Jacksonville Jaguars win, 
and Julio Jones has three touchdowns on Tyson Campbell, I bet you that I can take this Will Fuller card that you gave me and get more value than you can for that Tyson Campbell NFT. First of all, Julio Jones is awful. And if he scores three oh, wow. touchdowns, oh, wow. not one, I'll be oh, thrilled wow. for fantasy purposes. But have you seen the dude play football Bulletin this year? board material coming from ESPN 690, I guess. Hopefully Vrabel's not listening to this show. Have you seen him play football this Hopefully year? Hopefully He's been hurt. Hopefully Vrabel's not listening to this show. Use games and bulletin board. I'm, I'm going to laugh when Julio Jones was up for three touchdowns. I'm going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh because you're going to win fantasy football because exactly. of it. Exactly, yes. Huh. Catch 22, huh? Catch 22 yeah, for sure. this guy. All right. All right. Let me just paint one scenario, then we'll go to the picks real quick. Uh, the Jags win the game. Tyson Campbell does not give up three touchdowns, but has an interception in the game. Okay? Uh, we turn this into an NFT, or the Jags do, on Monday. All right. And... And, by the way, Tyson Campbell goes on to have a hell of a career. Uh-huh. Five Pro Bowls. Oh, yeah. Mm. All-Pro guy. Yeah. Maybe a borderline Hall of Famer. Borderline. Sunshine and rainbows on a Friday, huh? I like where this is going. Let's hold on. But you see the growth he's had this year? Uh, how, much, how, how valuable is that 12 years from now? I, Ten bucks. Not a chance. One would say retirement money. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you, I agree with you, Casey. You, I think it's be worth a lot of money. Thanks, right? Ten years? You think yeah. NFTs are going to well, be a thing in ten years? Why wouldn't they be? Because I, I don't know, man. I think this the whole NFT. I don't know. I don't think NFTs are going to be as big as you think they're going to be. So you don't mind cryptocurrency, but you mind NFTs? Do I have cryptocurrency right now? Oh, so you do mind cryptocurrency? I don't have cryptocurrency. What a mistake. Okay. Yeah, what a mistake. Okay. By the way, you, you go live in your NFTs and crypto doesn't matter yeah, uh, world. Yeah, I will. And, and we'll, we'll just reap the rewards over here. Brent, you can't even tell me what an NFT is. So, no, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to invest I, in something I can't even explain what it is. I can't, but if it continues with the growth of the oh, yeah. cryptocurrency, I'm all, all in. Okay. Okay. If the money's green. Okay. The money is green. It's been a good 2021. Okay, so realistically, though, in 10 years, if NFTs are still a thing, how much is that Tyson Campbell... Pokemon card where they announced their uniform combination is going to be worth. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It seems like if they end up twenty-five being, grand. There you go. Okay. Now what? you understand that you're not getting the card; you're getting the picture. Of the I'm card. well aware okay. of what I'm, I'm, NFT I, is. I'm explaining to Brent. Okay. No, yeah, no, I get it. Okay. I understand what it is. And if I sell anything for twenty-five grand, that's more money than I've ever had at one time. Oh no, hey, dude, I would. Yeah. So, yeah, so 25 grand, 25 grand. So now all of a sudden, are you coming back to... No, because no. I don't think it's going to happen. So you'd, yeah, rather not have, right. you'd rather not have 25 grand to take a $10 investment. Hey, Casey, I would rather have all the money in the world. But it doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know? Just trying to help the team make no, money. I, no, I hear And you. all I'm getting is pushback. No, because I, I don't think it's going to be worth that much. That's where I'm coming from. Well, you snooze, you lose, as they say. All right. Yeah, we'll see you. They should make an NFT of the, the game announcement from that uh, TikTok influencer that they had for... Is that the first Tennessee game? Remember when they had the... No, yeah. was, yeah. no that was no, the Bengals. That, yeah, that was, the Bengals. was somewhere. Yeah, that yeah, was Thursday yeah, night. Yeah. yeah. yeah How much is that, that worth? I didn't know who that guy was either. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure did. And we know who Tyson Campbell is. Um, <laughs> but I wish I, bought, I wish I bought pizza yeah. with Bitcoin about a decade ago. That's true. This is very uh, true. So, uh, all right, uh, let's get let's rifle through the picks here. Now we only have a couple minutes left, but that was a fun conversation. Uh, what you got, Casey? Ravens plus two and a half at the Browns minus two and a half, Brent. I'm taking the Browns, baby. Austin? So usually I would go with the Browns and say, well, yeah, this is the prime matchup for the Cleveland Browns. I had them going to the Super Bowl because Brent stole my pick of the Buffalo Bills. Not like it matters anymore because... <laughs> Patriots, but I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. 
I will also take the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Bills plus three and a half at Tampa, minus three and a half Austin. I keep saying this is a must-win game for the Bills. Well, this is a must-win game for the Bills. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Brent? Oh, it's a tough one. It's a really hard one. It's hard to bet against Tampa. Um, I do think the Bills bounce back. I think the fact that the, the Bucks don't like just want to shove it down your throat in the run game, they'll run, but not like the Patriots just did, I think plays into the hands of Buffalo. So I'll, and by the way, the best part about Tampa's defense is stopping the run. Well, Buffalo don't even try to run. No, no, so, don't worry about so, that. Yeah, so I'll take the Bills. Unbelievable that the Bills burned both of you last week, yep. and then you go back to the well. Give me the Bucks, yeah. obviously. Let her for up for five touchdowns. And probably will happen. <laughs> yeah. So, And that's good with me because he's on my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> the 49ers go. minus one and a half at the Bengals plus one and a half. Uh, we'll go to Brent. Uh, I like the Bengals here. I don't know who the hell the San Francisco 49ers are. Awesome. Man. I don't know really who the Bengals are sometimes, though. <laughs> True. After that Chargers <laughs> debacle. Man, uh, give me the 49ers. That was a hard one. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'll take the Bengals <laughs> getting points at home. Rams plus two and a half at the Cardinals minus two and a half, Austin. I don't think Kyler Murray's 100%. DeAndre Hopkins on a pitch count. Give me the Rams. I like the Cardinals here because, again, I'm going to keep flaunting their defense as a top-five defense. It's better than the Rams. I like, uh, by the way, the Rams, do we still know if they're any good after last week? The Jags didn't help us figure that out. No. I'll take the Cardinals. I will take the Rams. Chiefs minus three at Chargers plus three, Brent. I got game picker-uppers all over the place. You could go six for six and still be losing. Game yeah, well, what, what's, the, what's the record, by the way? Yeah, real quick, Austin Lane, 40-44, and 44, Brent okay. Martineau, 39-45, and 45, Brandon Ponsel, good thing he's not here, 35-49, and 49, and then your outright leader would be 47-37. and 37. Brent's too close oh, so you to me. you got a seven-game like lead. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that, or Brent, way seven too close to me. Seven-game lead with five weeks to go. It's going to be a choke job by Casey. Man. Well, uh, when you guys keep Brent's giving me Patriots close. and points and nobody else took them last week, I mean, it's you know it's almost a foregone conclusion. Brent's way too close. Yeah. yeah. Bill should have beat them by double digits. They don't know how to play in the red zone. Um, the uh, what's the, what's the last game we're doing? What's uh, the next game we're doing? That would be the Chiefs minus three at the Chargers plus three. I gotta go with the Chiefs. Do you know the Chiefs are like second in the NFL in yards per game, even though they've seem like they've struggled on offense. Yeah. So I, I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs as well. Well, I wish I didn't, but I also yeah. like the Chiefs. So it's my homes. that is what it is. And uh, one game left: the Jags plus eight and a half at the Titans minus eight and a half. There were some discussions in here, Brent. You didn't get to hear those because that was in the break. But after those Personal. discussions, we'll see what Austin Lane's thinking. Yeah, I'm going Titans. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Really, do I like the Jags oh, to cover? Oh, oh, man. There we go. I'm oh fully God. back on Friday at almost 5 o'clock. Oh, man. And the Jags go. are going to shock the world on They're Sunday win. and win. Do I get an extra point for saying that if they do? You don't get an extra table, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I know, but I'm not. Nope, they're going to win. Okay. You have, to, you have to wear a cowboy hat on Monday if they win. I have to wear a cowboy hat? Yeah, and bring your guitar in. Acoustic or electric? Uh, whatever one you got. I'll see what I can do. Okay. I can, I can do that. I, I can rock a cowboy hat. All right. Casey. Yeah, I know. I know whose turn it is. Thinking about it, huh? Plus eight and a half, man. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Robinson. We, we Robinson's going to have 40, 44 carries. Yeah, see? And that's that was, what we're that was the discussion we had. Um, going to slow the game down. 
Do you trust Ryan Tannehill? Julio Jones needs a big game. I don't. For your fantasy nine team. turnovers. Nine turnovers by the Titans in the last two games. Sounds like it happens in bunches. Give me the Jags. Oh wow! <laughs> game picker up on the Jags. I mean, unless I'm sure Brandon's gonna go Jaguars too, right? Probably. He yeah, because he, he always. Oh, goes he to has Jags. to. He, he wow. probably might have like half of his losses because of the Jags. Yeah. Wow. We finally saw upset Trevor Lawrence. He's it's the Trevor Lawrence revenge game against the Oops. coaching staff. It's 25 and 16 all game. Upset Trevor Lawrence. I like it. And they lose by seven. But eight and a half. Okay. We'll be back. Football at five. Coming up, we're live at Extreme Wing Sports Grill here on a Friday. Hang with us on ESPN 690. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.